walls I thought by now they'd fall But you have never failed me yet Waiting for change to come Knowing the battle's won For you have never failed me yet
just want to continue in our worship to you. God, we thank you for this house that we can come and worship you in. There's places in America and in other parts of the world, God, that don't have that. And I just thank you for that. Lord, I pray that, um, as Rick said earlier, our worship, God, help our worship just always be to you. We are in a battle. We can see it in the world around us. And God, I pray that you help us just to continue in our worship when we go out these doors. Lord, we know there's people probably didn't want to be here today. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit will touch them. Lord, for the ones that are hurting for whatever other reason, Lord, again, I pray that your Holy Spirit would dwell in everyone's life here. God, that you would just give us a fullness and a boldness to speak out for you. There are people, we have friends, God, that that don't know you and don't know your love. And I pray, God, that you give us boldness, each one of us here, that you give us courage to be able to tell others about you. Because that's why we're here on this earth, God, and it's to worship you and to praise you. And I pray, God, that you would be with Rick today as he brings the message. I pray your anointing on his word, what he speaks. I pray that um, your Holy Spirit would just dwell in each of our hearts, God, that we would just listen to what you have to say for us. I pray for the, um, the OC kids and for their service back there. I pray again your Holy Spirit would just fill them up. And we praise you and I thank you for the ones that are here today. And we worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, greet up two people around you and tell them how great they look in church today. She continues to play. I want everybody to bow your heads just for one second because we're not quite done with where we're at in the service. One of my jobs as a pastor is to discern when things are heavy in the room. And I know we just came out of a little thing where we were greeting people and getting to know each other a little bit, but there's a heaviness in the room this morning. There's, a, there's something going on and I've told you guys this before, that there's always spiritual warfare going, even when we can't see it. There's things going on. The enemy is fighting people in the spirit, getting people down, getting people out. And there's people in this room right now that are struggling. You couldn't worship. You couldn't raise your hands. You couldn't just couldn't get your mind somewhere else it's on, on it's on stuff you're struggling with right now it's on stuff that is the enemy is bringing you down right now so right now as we stay right in this spot right here i want you to slip your hand up right now if you're one of those people that that i feel i'm, I'm discerning in the room right now that you are you are just down right now it's it's a struggle it's been a struggle this week would you just slip your hand up all over slip your hand up Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you. I'm going to ask you to do something even more bold because the Holy Spirit wants to do something right now. For those of you that are really, you raised your hand and it's a struggle right now. And I don't want to move on without you being able to be ministered to. So if you just stand right where you're at, if you raise your hand, stand where you're at. Church, begin to pray. If you see somebody up in your area, I want you to go to them. You're sitting around them. We're doing this thing together. We're doing, we're in faith together. We're here to lift each other up. I want you to go to those people that are standing. They are hurting. They are struggling right now, and they need a touch from God. I want you to start praying for them. You lay hands on them if they're okay with that. You may need to ask what they're struggling with. So you can pray specifically for what they're dealing with. 
But right now I want you to go and move, move, move and pray for them. Pour out your heart and pray for them. Love on them. Help them through what they're walking through right now. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, fill this place with your presence. God, let us not focus on the problem. Let us not focus on what's in front of us right now. God, let us focus on who you are and what you say about situations, God. Right now, Father, minister to hearts, minister to minds, God. The person right here right now that's struggling with depression, Father, they just it's hard for them to even get up out of bed every day. Father, I pray you minister to them right now. Remind them of the value that they have in you right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, health-wise, if people are struggling, God, sick in their body right now, bring healing in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, bring healing into their body right now, Holy Spirit. Minister to them in a powerful way. And God, people that are in here struggling with finances or family, just whatever it is right now, God, we're asking you to touch and move as we come together as a church to lift each other up, to encourage each other, to pray for each other, God. We open up our mouths and we speak life into people in their situations right now. Move in this place, God. Give us boldness as we pray, God, to speak what your Holy Spirit brings into people. Praise you. We worship you right now, Jesus. We worship you right now, Jesus. We worship you right now. We praise you in this house right now. Praise you. Praise you. Praise you. We praise you. Praise you and we worship you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Take as long as you need to pray for them. We're in no hurry. Sometimes when days are hard, even Sundays, amen, and there's times when we come in here, and I talked about last week that this is a safe place, this is a place of refuge, this is where you can come and, and lay some things down, and just sensing that during worship that some people are just in a, in a difficult place right now, so it's important for me to sense that, for God, the Holy Spirit to work in that situation, and for you guys to respond to it, and for the church to come along and lift people up, Amen. I appreciate you guys doing that this morning, and God's not done with whatever he wants to do in the rest of the service. Um, there's freedom in here. Freedom in here. <laughs> Just not when I try to say the word specifically. <laughs> Anybody caught that earlier? Oh, goodness. Last week, I kind of hinted around a little bit about, uh, well, before I get into that, I want to thank uh, Bean Day's Parade was yesterday, and Orchardville Church was well represented. So we, we thank, I thank our OC kids and their, their workers, Modified Youth for showing up and being there, the Carlin and Mark, and everybody that had a hand in everything with the parade. It took a lot to, actually, we won a prize for best church float. So... <laughs> The decorations were probably lacking just a little. We just get some red kind of skirting around it and put a cross up there, but I think it was the music, and our teens were leading that music, so thank them for that, and Jason for driving us, all that. We got to share the love of Jesus with hundreds of people yesterday by singing his praise, so it was a good time, and I think they got to put it all back together or something or clean it all up here soon, so maybe they already did it. <laughs> all right. I talked last week a little bit about the Holy Spirit. I talked about how we need the Holy Spirit in our lives. We need the Holy Spirit in our church. And this, this is something that I've taught on. Um, it's, it's through the Assemblies of God that I've taught on in youth before. I taught on this back earlier this year on a Wednesday night. But I feel like as a church, we need to understand the Holy Spirit together. We need to understand how powerful he is. And we need to understand that he is available to operate in today and tomorrow and the next day. Okay, 
Um, so we're going to talk about this morning, the Holy Spirit in us, and we're going to be in Romans chapter eight, some this morning for a majority of the scripture. But as a kid growing up, if you guys don't know my background, I was always in church. Doesn't mean I was a saint. You guys know my story, my testimony, but always in church. And I was always in a Pentecostal church growing up, church of God, Cleveland, Tennessee. Woo woo. So that's my background. Um, I saw a lot of things in the name of the Holy Spirit as I grew up that were fleshly. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Uh, people, things that the Holy Spirit had no hand in that people, pastors, evangelists, people were doing that left me as a child going, huh? And again, I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe in the gifts are, are available to us today. But some of the things I saw in the name of the Holy Spirit were confusing to me. And God's not the author of confusion, Amen. right? So anybody that's, else that's grown up in that kind of thing, you've seen some things. Um, I saw, well, I've heard the story from Sarah, Sarah's dad about an evangelist that prayed for his ear. And he, Gary tells the story that the guy kept slapping his ear in the, in the name of Jesus. And he said, he said, the last time he stopped the guy's arm and says, if you slap me one more time, you're going to need Jesus. <laughs> Something along those lines. Um, or somebody trying to teach somebody how to speak in tongues by telling them to talk like a baby. What? So I've seen some things over the years. And when I came here and started pouring into our youth, I, I taught them about the Holy Spirit. We took them to some conferences, but the Holy Spirit was evident and powerful. But took my time because I didn't want them to have something that wasn't genuine and something real. I don't want the flesh and I don't want the fake stuff that man sometimes gets inside of themselves and tries to say it's the Holy Spirit. I don't ever want that for our youth, for our church, for me, for your life. So I want to teach on the Holy Spirit um, through this, just who he is, who he is in us today. And then we'll just kind of take it over the next few weeks about learning about him. Because a lot of people are afraid of the Holy Spirit. You know that? The only one of the Trinity that's with us here on earth right now, and a lot of people are afraid of him, and the power that comes with that. There's no reason to be afraid, okay? Um, so, some people refer to the third member of the Trinity as the Holy Spirit. Others refer to him as Holy Ghost. Some even call him an it. No. He's a person, Okay? And I want us to, to talk about the person of the Holy Spirit and experience him in this church in a fresh way. There's a few amens. Some of the other ones are like, oh, I think I might be leaving. But hopefully not. Give me a chance, okay, to share and teach on this. Spreaching, speaking, preaching, teaching is what we're going to do this next few weeks. But the Holy Spirit is a person. He's not a force. So when we talk about the spirit, we're not talking about a force of electricity. He is powerful, but he is personal, very personal. And I want to help us uncover the beauty and the power and the truth of who the Holy Spirit is, how he works and why we desperately need his presence in our lives. I mean, we say this over and over again. If you don't know how messed up this world is, you're not paying attention because it's a mess. You know, I posted the youth pastor job and boosted it so more people could see it across the country. And let me tell you how messed up some people are. I've been deleting comments like crazy and banning people off of our page. Okay, so one guy said, sorry, I'm not a pedophile. I can't, I can't apply. On our church page about a youth pastor position. Another guy says, why do you believe in your God but not Zeus and Apollo? Billions of people have died believing in a different God than you believe. Why is your God the right God, but billions of other people were wrong? There is no God. There is no one to hear our prayers, or to create miracles, or to punish us for misdeeds. There is no afterlife. Man is not God's chosen creature. The Bible was only written by ordinary people. Deleted. Another guy. Religious grooming of children before the age of reason is child abuse, and you are guilty. Stop it. For a youth pastor position. Our world is messed up. And there are some people out there that are hurting and that are completely denying the existence of God and bashing those that do. We need the power of the Holy Spirit inside of us. That's just Facebook posts. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to stand up against things when they come against us. And that's the only place you're going to find that strength in love still to talk with people 
about who God is. You need the power of the Holy Spirit inside you. Otherwise, you're going to be cowering back and bowing down to people that want to try to tell you that God's not real. And we know he is. Okay? You know why I went there, but it kind of burns me when people are doing all that. And I want to, you know what they're really doing? They're trying to bait me into arguing with them. And they're trying to bait me into yelling back at them. But I'm not doing that. It's real easy. I just go, ban the user, you're deleted. That's it. (laughs) And if you're listening this morning, checking out our church, we love you. But I'm going to delete it again if you do it again. I don't get into all that back and forth on social media. I try not to. God's bigger. So, all right. Again, want us to understand the Holy Spirit, experience the Holy Spirit. Um, I feel like he doesn't get the appropriate amount of time or the accurate amount of attention that he needs. And again, he's, he's the only one of the three that's with us here on earth that we're empowered to have in us, helping us. We get God the Father. Um, even if you grew up with a fa- without the Father in your home, you know what a father is and some ideas about how that person should function. We get God the Son, and he became a human, and he lived on the earth like us. But the Holy Spirit, we don't easily comprehend him. And that's okay because some of the early Christians did not either. In Acts 19, verses 1 and 2 is where we're going to start today. Some of my teens told me I went a little too fast last week, so I'll try to slow down because I want to take some notes and follow along, which is good. We baptized four of those guys back in on Wednesday night outside back there, so... All right, Acts 19, 1 and 2. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast where he found several believers. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He asked them. No, they replied. We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So they didn't understand it early on as well. Um, and, And really what I want to tell you this morning first is experience. You know, I can, I can try to explain things to you, but the, the Holy Spirit is best understood when he is experienced. When you will open yourself up and say, God, do what you want to do in me. Holy Spirit, do what you want to do in me. And you're willing to say, I'm open to the Holy Spirit using me, however that looks. Okay? And it's never sufficient to, to simply describe him. Again, you need to experience the Holy Spirit in your life. Now, I don't have any grandkids because I'm, I don't. Okay? <laughs> Brylan, you can wait 10, 15 years on that. But I hear everybody talk about, oh, just wait till you have grandkids. Wait till you have grandkids. And then the parents that come in, become grandparents turn into these little mush pillows with the grandkids. And the kids are wondering, why didn't I ever get treated like that? <laughs> right? That's how it happens. Right, Vince? Where's Vince at? Kimberly, <laughs> she's got it easy. But until you have them, you just can't comprehend what people are talking about as grandparents. The Spirit will never be fully known by simply reading about Him or debating Him. I'm not here to do that with you either. I'll give you Scripture. I'll back back it up biblically. I'm not going to debate Him. That's not going to do any good. You need to experience Him. You need to experience Him. Don't be afraid of Him. And over the next few weeks, we're going to We're going to talk about these gray areas so we can experience the Holy Spirit and understand why life in the Spirit is such an exciting life to live. It is. It's exciting. And and you get this newfound confidence and authority and power that you walk in as a believer. Okay? Again, Holy Spirit's the third person of the Trinity and our relationship with Him is a vital part of our Christian living. Let's go to Romans 8, 9 and we're going to kind of work backwards. Romans chapter 8, verse 9. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. So, Let's look at what it means to have the Holy Spirit in us, with us, and through us. The first thing that I want to hit on this morning is the Holy Spirit brings freedom. Brings freedom in your life. How many of you have been bound up in chains before, not physically, but just addictions or sin or whatever it was, and you now walk in a new freedom? 
Okay. Amen. He brings freedom to us. Romans 8, verses 1 through 4. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the spirit. No condemnation. That's freeing to talk about. And too many people, we, we live with these things that are condemning us. You know, even people in the church house right now to this morning, your lives are full of, of guilt and regret over things in your past. And, and, and some of you guys in here, I've even, I even do it sometimes. I wish I would have done this. I wish I wouldn't have done that. I wish this would have went this way. And we, and we live with that still. But the Holy Spirit brings us freedom. And that freedom starts with forgiveness. Sometimes the hardest person to forgive is ourselves when we do things. But there's freedom and it starts with forgiveness. The Spirit draws us to Christ. But you must choose to accept his forgiveness and then live as a forgiven person. Okay? Romans 8.5 Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. It's a fantastic scripture. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that will please the Spirit. It's pretty simple. In your life throughout each day, who are you controlled by? The flesh and the sinful things or things that are going to please the Spirit of God that's living inside of you? How many people have ignored the spirit when he's trying to lead you in the right direction? Okay? Everybody else is lying. Okay? <laughs> Paul completely understood this. Sin doesn't have to have power over you. I talk to the teens and, and some of them that deal with things and deal with uh, struggles and things that they know they shouldn't be doing, but sin does not have to have that power over you. The same Holy Spirit who drew you to Christ lives in you to help you overcome the things that want to steal your freedom. We don't have to constantly get tripped up by the same things over and over again. We can be forgiven and live in freedom and do things that will please the Spirit. Freedom is also sustained by the Spirit. It's one thing to know you've been set free. It's another thing to live and walk like it every day and have that understanding. I'm free. Man, I don't have to do that anymore. That's, that, has, that no longer has a hold on me. I'm free by the power of the Holy Spirit in me. The enemy of your soul understands the power of a person living in freedom. So he's going to try everything possible to keep you from living in freedom. He's going to do whatever he can to make sure you're not living in freedom and that you're tied down to those things that you won't forgive in your life. And here's how he attacks us. He tries to undermine, undermine God's credibility and God's authority and the truth that's found in God. Facebook. Okay? He tries to make it hard to live a Christian life. The enemy, he tries to confuse you with false teaching. Or he'll try to cause division in the body of Christ. We ain't got time for that. We don't have time for that in Orchardville Church. Okay? No division in the body. We don't have any that I know of. I'm just telling you, I'm, I'm glad we're healthy. And I'm glad we're unified because God can work in that. Okay? The enemy tries to get you to trust yourself more than God. I can do this, fellas. We're, we're bad about this. I can take care of this. I can do it. You've got to put your trust in God. Ephesians 6, 18. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And one of the reasons we need to pray in the spirit is because we cannot defeat Satan in our own strength. It's not going to happen. And he loves to keep us from living in freedom. Freedom's also strengthened by your daily experiences with the spirit. How many of you have, well, I won't put you on the spot. It's nice. It's powerful to have uh, experiences in the Holy Spirit every single day. What does that look like? 
I go to the grocery store and God leads me to a person to pray for them. Uh-uh, Rick, ain't happening. I'm not a people person. Uh, Jesus was, <laughs> and he's our example. And the Holy Spirit will do things like that to you. Uh, the Holy Spirit may lay somebody on your heart and say, text them or call them and give them this word. He does that. You can have daily experiences in the Holy Spirit. God may say, the Holy Spirit may tell you, hey, fill that person's vehicle up with gas. They really don't have enough to get it all, but go ahead and top it off for them. If we're listening, he wants to talk to us and have us experience his presence all throughout every single day. Are we listening? Okay. Um, your daily experience in the spirit gives you an understanding of God's mysteries. First Corinthians two ten. but it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit for his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. And also your daily experience in the spirit gives you enlightenment to scripture. John 16, 13, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. And then your daily experience in the Spirit gives you the opportunity to connect with the community of faith. Like we just did before this. Acts 2, 42 through 47 talks about, I'm just going to read the first part. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. You know what having a church family does for you? It frees you from the pressure of doing this Christian thing by yourself. Amen. If, we didn't, if I didn't have this church, man, walking out my faith would be difficult. I would not get encouraged by shaking hands and, and getting to share with people and talk with people. I, I wouldn't get that. For those that stay home and say, I can, I can be a Christian from here. I, I, I like to argue with that. Not argue. Uh, Speak life into that. <laughs> Speak life into that. I, I, I need this community of believers to help me. I need it. I need it. You need it. Um, it. It allows me to have this fellowship with you guys. It helps me grow in knowledge of the word. It helps me serve Christ with my friends. Yesterday, that was a blast. To go in that parade together, hang out together, play music together, and not fall off my drum stool going down Broadway in Wayne City. I was really clinching a few times. But that's good, and that builds my faith. And it allows, I, I can also share my faith to those in my pathway. Those, those of you that went and prayed for somebody, you just shared your faith with them. I have faith to believe that God can help you in your situation right now. That's a beautiful thing. And we're allowed to worship God together in spirit and in truth. Holy Spirit also brings us peace. How many need peace in your life and in your heart? All right, there's a few more hands. Everybody's looking for peace. I'm still looking for peace right now. Sarah's still looking for peace right now. Romans 8, 6 through 8 says, So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. Everyone is looking for peace of mind these days. And people are willing to do anything, spend anything and go anywhere just to get it. And it can be found in the Holy Spirit. Having peace of mind comes from the Spirit. So who or what occupies your mind? You know, whatever space in your life that God gets, guess what's going to have peace? Whatever place you won't give him in your mind or in your heart, guess what's not going to have peace? You got to give it to him. Whatever space God gets eliminated from, you're not going to have peace in that. And you're probably going to be dominated by fear instead. There's several things in life that attempt to steal our peace of mind. See if any of these ring a bell for you. How about uncontrollable circumstances? There's nothing you can do about a circumstance, but yet you let it steal your peace. Anybody been there? When circumstances become uncontrollable, we often lose our peace. And just think about some of the things that people get frustrated at, okay? Getting stuck in traffic. There goes my peace. You're kidding me right now. How about the train in Mount Vernon as you're trying to get to the other side of Mount Vernon? Or how about every stoplight turning red on the way to the other side of Mount Vernon? 
Steals your peace, just like that. Okay? How about delayed flights or how about a coworker's bad attitude? It's uncontrollable, but it steals your peace. We don't have any of that around here during the week. <laughs> how about unchangeable people? <laughs> I might land on this one for a little bit. Isn't it interesting how resistant some people are to change? <laughs> you ever tried to change someone? One of the quickest ways to lose your peace of mind is to try to change someone that doesn't want to be changed. Church people are notorious for this. I don't know why. It's just been my experience over the years. You're going to do what? We've always done it this way. Sounds like you've lost your peace. <laughs> I still have mine. <sighs> I won't do too much. All right. <laughs> How about unanticipated problems? Something pops up through the week. Steals your peace. You weren't planning on it, but it's part of life and things happen. So how does the Holy Spirit bring peace? The Holy Spirit helps us accept the things that we cannot change. Okay, God, this happened this week, or this person doesn't want to be changed, but my peace does not hinder, you know, it's not going to change based on that. My peace comes from the Holy Spirit inside of me. So I'm going to choose to walk in that and not get angry and not lose my peace over things like this. John 14, 26 and 27. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. But the helper... The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all the things and bring you remembrance, all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So even when the world is troubled and my heart is troubled, God can bring me peace through his Holy Spirit in the midst of it. And the Holy Spirit helps you trust God's care for you. That he knows what's best for you. That he's there. Isaiah 26.3 You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. All, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. So there's a few things that we deal with. Uh, we live in a fallen world. Everybody's aware of that, right? When sin entered the world, the world was fallen. It's broken. It's messed up. Uh, we have an enemy. Satan is our enemy. That's doing everything he can to distract us and take us from this peace and this freedom that God wants for us. Okay? And we have our own faults. Yes, even me. <laughs> and Sarah. She has some too. We have faults. So all three of these truths lead us to living in a world that's not going to be problem free. We're going to deal with things. We're going to have to go through things. So we have to trust in God. And the Holy Spirit can help you develop a, a confident trust in Him. When your mind is telling you something different, the Holy Spirit can bring a peace to you. Holy Spirit also helps you surrender to God's control. And one of the reasons why some people don't have the peace of mind that comes from the Spirit is that they are actually fighting against God. You're, you're resisting Him. Which I just went to a Dumb and Dumber movie. <laughs> He's resisting me. It's one of my favorite movies. <laughs> If you've seen it, you know the part. He's like, out with the bad, in with the good. Okay, i got to stop. <laughs> don't resist God. Don't resist his spirit. And don't fight against him. Some, <laughs> I'm an idiot. <laughs> Psalm 119, 165 says, Those who love your instruction have great peace and do not stumble. When we live in obedience to God rather than struggling against him. We have peace in our hearts and live in his protection. I'm finishing up here. The Holy Spirit brings fellowship. Um, again, God makes himself known to us in three persons. Each person of the Trinity interacts us, with us in different ways. Um, different fellowship with one another. So all three are intimately related to each other and they act together. 2 Corinthians 13, 14, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. So what's fellowship of the Spirit mean? It means the Holy Spirit wants friendship with you. He wants to know you on an intimate level. 
He wants to work in your life and in your heart. He wants you to help you understand the things that God wants to do in your life. And he helps you understand that God's just not some distant person way up in the sky that we can't have relationship with. The Holy Spirit's here for us to have that relationship and that closeness with God. And he wants that personal relationship with us. Always wanted that. But all the way back to Genesis 1, 1, 2. says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Ever since the beginning. God's always been at work to be involved in a relationship with us. At creation, he breathed the breath of life into Adam and started a relationship with humanity. At the cross, Jesus died so we could be forgiven of our sins and have a right relationship with him. And now he's preparing a place in heaven for us so we can have eternal relationship with him. You know, I think about this all the time about Jackson. He is there. Eternal relationship with Jesus. That's what we are assured as well as we put our faith in Jesus. And that's something that helps bring me peace in my heart through this. My selfish side wants him here still. My faith side knows that he spent an eternity in peace in heaven with Jesus. I'm going to be there too. I want you to be there too. Okay? Even when we're not aware, he's already been making plans and working on it. You know, have you ever had something just line up in your life and fall into place and you don't know how it happened? I do. God orchestrated it. God worked it out when we didn't think there was a way. And fellowship with him involves sharing our lives and communion with him. You know, it's opening up the deepest parts of your life and your personality. It's opening up all those things. Your motives, your feelings, your attitudes, your decisions, your future, your fears, your passions. All of that stuff, it's saying, Holy Spirit, come in to my life and control me. Help me to walk out how God wants me to walk it out. And then as we do that, that develops these character traits in us called the fruit of the Spirit. And you guys know those. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. The Holy Spirit brings those things into our life. Our praise team would come back up. Life in the Spirit, being controlled by the Spirit, brings us many benefits. It brings us blessings in our life. And it's all for our benefit. And... You know, I don't want to, I talked about being raised up in Church of God. It's more than the Spirit of God manifesting amongst a community of believers. That's not all there is to it, with the life in the Holy Spirit. Those are good things when they happen, and, you know, a word of knowledge or a, a word of wisdom or a, a message in tongues with interpretation. That's fine, but that's not all there is to it. Amen. There's more. And as I was growing up, a lot of emphasis was put on certain things in the Church of God, and I'm... And, I don't want to get into all that, but there's so, there's so much to living a life submitted to the Spirit. Amen. Don't get caught on just one thing. Want it all. Whatever God wants to pour into you. Luke eleven thirteen, Jesus said, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So this morning as you stand, bow your heads in this place, I'm just going to ask you to open your heart to the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to do some crazy, weird thing or anything like that. Just open up your heart to the Holy Spirit. Invite Him into your life by simply asking Him to come in, Lord, Holy Spirit, fellowship with me control my thoughts, control my actions, control my mouth because it gets out of hand sometimes. Control everything about me, Holy Spirit. And, and the great thing about the Holy Spirit, the great thing about God is he will never force himself on you. He won't. But he will come in when we invite him in to control our lives and to work through us. So this morning... Just like every morning, I want to open up the altars for salvation. If you don't know the Lord, 
this Jesus that we've been singing about, that we've been talking about, you don't know him as your savior. The reality is if you don't, if you don't believe on Jesus, the reality is that you are destined for hell right now. And I don't mean to be blunt, but I, I do mean to be real. And that is reality that heaven is real and hell is real. And that's, that's our two choices in eternity. And if you don't know Jesus, I want to invite you to come to this altar. If you need to bring a person with you, you want to come to me, I'll pray with you. I'll lead you to the Lord. If you want to surrender your life to him today, or, or maybe you've walked away from him and you know you have, and the Holy Spirit hasn't been controlling the things you've been doing. You may want to come up and just rededicate your life to the Lord and say, Jesus, I'm sorry for what I've been doing. Please forgive me for those things. I surrender my life to you. Maybe you need healing in your body, whatever it is. Maybe you just want to be in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And you want him to, to melt and soften your heart this morning. He'll do that as well. And he'll refill you up with joy. So God, we just open up these altars right now as we worship. We ask your Holy Spirit to minister like only he can. Lord, we open up our hearts and our minds to the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, to have his way in each one of us. You want that personal relationship. You want to do things through us, Father, that we can't do on our own. So please, Father, this morning, let us open our hearts to you. Let us open us, our hearts to your spirit to be welcomed into this place, into our lives, and fill us again, Lord. We just praise you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship and pray this morning.
I mentioned uh, when you feel like the Holy Spirit's leading you to do something, you know, a lot of people are too afraid to act on that because what if you miss it? You know what I want to tell you this morning? What if you miss it? I've missed it. Where I felt like God wanted me to speak something or speak into somebody and I missed it. That's okay. That's part of growing in the giftings and the things that God's laying on your heart. Sometimes people tell you you missed it so they don't have to feel uncomfortable about what you just spoke into them too. But it's okay. If you go and you pour into somebody and you love on them and you missed it, what's the worst you did? You poured into somebody and you loved on them. Okay? So be obedient when you feel like the Holy Spirit's checking you as you're out and about through your week and, and be attentive to his voice and what he's, what he's pouring into you through the week. And some of you may be in here like, oh my gosh, Rick's teaching on the Holy Spirit. We're going to be some crazy charismatic church swinging off the light fixtures in here. No. <laughs> Unless God himself tells me to climb up there, it ain't happening. We, we are a church that's going to follow order of the Holy Spirit, okay? And what he has for us. It's not going to be a thing that's going to cause confusion for people. But I just, I, we need to be a powerful church in the Holy Spirit. We need people to come in here and, and understand this isn't a funeral home. This is a church that's alive for Jesus, okay? We, they need to understand that there's life inside of here. Now, people have always said that about the church. They, it feels different here. There's an energy in here. It's the Holy Spirit. And we just want to allow him to move in people's lives. Don't be afraid of him, okay? Don't be afraid of him. Let him minister to you. Amen.